us remain standing and bow our heads just a moment for prayer. Blessed and eternal God, we come into thy presence by the way of prayer just now to offer ourselves as service to thee. We ask that you would bless us in a special way tonight. And these dear children of thine, it's waiting in this cold room. And we're mindful of some day when death is going to chill our bodies. And may we tonight, if we are not prepared, may we prepare to meet that hour that when death comes into our room to take us from this life to the one that is beyond, may we come to it with joy and faith knowing that we know him who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Father, if there be such a one here tonight who could not meet this event and that great victorious cry of St. Paul, I have fought a good fight and finished the course. May this be their night of preparation. Heal the sick and the needy, Lord. Bless us in these few words and give glory to thyself, for we ask it in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be seated. It is a much disappointment to all of us tonight that our furnace has broken down and without any fire. Therefore, I would be cruel to hold you very long. And you're so nice to come out anyhow. And I thank you for this. And I understand from my son who just uh, told me at the door that tomorrow the meetings are to be held, I guess you have announced it, in Brooklyn. But if the good Lord of heaven being willing, in the month of May we have the entire month for hey, the New England hey, States here for a, yeah. a great hey, service. Hey, Amen. Amen. And, right. and they're making ready now, and there is a businessman that's on the committee that's going from church to church and from place to place, and we want full cooperation from all churches. No matter what your uh, religious view is, if you believe Jesus Christ to be God's Son and have accepted Him as your Savior, you're my brother and sister. And if God accepted you with your peculiarities and I with my peculiarities, we should be thankful enough to recognize each other as brothers and sisters. And, and we're all working for one great purpose, that's for his kingdom. And anything different from that would be the wrong uh, motive anyhow. Now, I feel so sorry about this, and I'm sure that Brother Hutchison is embarrassed to, to shame, but it's something we could not help. It's a matter that has been done here. Uh, the, the building is perhaps very old in the furnace likewise, but I will just speak to you a few moments 
by reading a text out of the scripture and just being quickly, then we'll pray for the sick and worship the Lord and just get ourselves right into the service hey, and, and worship him. Tomorrow afternoon, if the Lord willing, I want to speak on the subject that I had planned for tonight over at the other place, um, uh, a subject that I think is timely, more or less for the church in this day. The topic was to be, Hear Ye Him. And tomorrow night, I wish to speak on a notable way to recognize a divine gift. Yes. Now, the Lord bless. The reason I wish to read his word and speak on it, my words is the word of a man. It'll fail because I'm just a man. But his blessed word is the word of God, which cannot fail. Amen. So I wish to read from St. John, the 17th, or the... Pardon me. St. John, the 11th chapter, and the first four words of the 17th verse. And then Jesus came. You say, Brother Branham, you have a very short text. It doesn't make any difference just how long or big the text is. It's what it is. It's the value and sometimes we place value on long prayers and on much drawn out time. But sometimes that is not right. I was thinking of a little friend of mine not long ago that I knew he wasn't a friend of mine, but I knew of the lad. He was searching up in an old garret upstairs in a building and he found in an old trunk stored away a little postage stamp, but just about one half inch square. And on this little postage stamp, he looked at it and he thought, that's an old stamp. So the little lad with ice cream sucker in his mind rushed down the street to a stamp collector and said, say, how much will you give me for this stamp? And he looked it over the stamp collector, knowing it was a valuable uh, stamp. He said, I will give you one dollar for that stamp. Oh, it was a quick sale. That would give him much ice cream. So he sold the stamp. The stamp collector sold it for $50. After that, it was sold for $500. Later, it was sold for a quarter of a million dollars and is still on the move. See, it isn't how big it is, okay. it's the value of it. Um, the little stamp, the little piece of paper was insignificant, but it was the value of what was wrote on that little stamp yes, was what made it so valuable. That's the way it is with the Word of God. It is so valuable that every little Text our every little word. Yes. We can anchor our soul on it because yes. it's God's immortal word. And all other things will fail, but God's word will never fail. Yes. It reminds me of a little girl not long ago in Canada. Some years ago when I was over at Vancouver, the great late King George, 
was visiting Vancouver, and I was noticing the emotion upon my manager, Mr. Baxter, while he was watching the king and the queen as they rode by, and how she and her beautiful garment, and the king, though suffering with multiple sclerosis and also a stomach trouble, he sat correct in his carriage and was speaking and bowing to his subject or the people as he passed by. Mr. Baxter, he said he stood and wept because the king was passing by. Yeah. It was the first time he had ever seen him, and it brought emotion to him just that moment in the little view of the king passing by. I thought, oh, what will it be when our king of kings passes by? Only just one glimpse of him in glory when our journey is completed. These little cold nights in the theaters and disappointments will just vanish like nothing then. The schools turned out to see the king and the, the teachers wanted to be patriotic so they give each child a little flag, a little Canadian or British flag to wave as the king went by. And I like Jesus because that he notices every little thing that yes, we do. That's right. You say, Brother Branham, maybe I've seen a man counting a collection. You might not have had but just a few pennies to put in the collection, but Jesus saw it. You might not, you say, well, I haven't done very much for him, but whatever you've done, he saw it. The woman had put in a, just a few pennies in the collection. Jesus said she put in more than the rich did. Because of her tithing, she put all her living. No matter how little it is. How small and short our service will have to be because of the weather and the condition. Jesus will see our sincerity. And I'm sure he'll answer. As I was speaking of the little girls that all waved their little flags, there was an instant happened there that's always stuck with my heart. That was one little fella, just a little tiny top packing her little flag on her shoulder. She went down to wave at the king when he passed by. And when all the crowd had cleared up, the little fellow failed to show up with the rest of the little girl. So the teacher was alarmed, and out on the street she went to find the little girl. And the little girl was found with her little head leaning against the telegraph pole, weeping. So the teacher said to her, Why are you weeping? And did you not see the king? Did you not wave your flag? She said, Yes, teacher, I waved my flag just like the rest of them waved. Said, Did you not see the king? Said, Yes, teacher, I saw the king. What said, Then why do you weep? She, the little girl replied and said, I saw the king, but I was so little the king didn't see me. 
But it's so different with Jesus. He sees every little move that you make and every little kind word that you speak and every little kind deed that you do. All of them mean much to him. These little words here tonight of these four letters that's been read for a text, they could seal your eternal destination, your attitude towards them. So that's what makes them so important. Them little words could set you free from sin tonight. Those little words could condemn you tonight. Those little words could set you free from sickness and suffering tonight if you will receive them. But they've got to be received. Some years ago, during the time of Abraham Lincoln's, I believe it was during his uh, time when he was president of the United States, there was a soldier that had done something wrong. And he was tried in the courts and was found guilty of the crime and the judgment was death, the penalty of of his crime. There he must stand before a firing squad and be shot. Someone went to the president and interceded for him. And when the president had compassion and just picked up a piece of paper and said, Pardon, President Lincoln. And he rushed quickly to the man and handed it to him and said, You are pardoned by the President of the United States. Well, he picked up the little piece of paper and said, Oh, such a little thing as that? Pardon me? Why, I won't receive it. And he threw it down. And the man picked it up again and came to the soldier and said, Sir, though it's a piece of scrap paper off of the president's desk, but his name is on it and you are pardoned. And he refused to receive it. And the next morning he was shot at sunrise according to the penalty of the deed that he had done the law on it. And then here was the president's name signed that this man was pardoned. And the man was killed after the president had signed him free. Then it was tried in, in the Supreme Courts of our lovely nation. And the Supreme Court's decision was this. And listen to it tonight. A pardon is not a pardon if it isn't received as a pardon. That's right. Amen. And these words is your pardon if you will receive them as your pardon. Amen. For your sins, for your sicknesses, or your indifference toward God. It is your written pardon. As it says, then Jesus came. That was perhaps, as anyone knows the context of this, that we will not have time to unfold.
tonight to you in the cold room. But it was during the time of the death of Lazarus, his friend. Martha and Mary had been his bosom friends. And he was associated with them. And one time Jesus received a vision from the Father. And he, God had told him to leave the place and go to another place where Lazarus was going to die. Now you say, Brother Branham, that's not written in the Scripture. But in St. John 5, 19, Jesus said, I do nothing except my Father shows me first. I do nothing in myself. The Son can do nothing but what he sees the Father doing. That doeth the Son. And if you notice him, how the great vision, he went away for four days, and they sent for him to come, and Lazarus was sick. Now, we don't know just what his sickness was, but some historian has said that he died with hemorrhages in his lungs. However, he grew sicker, and the physician perhaps could do nothing for him. And then, after a bit, he got so sick until he died. And when he died, Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. And they said, Well, if he's asleep, he doeth well. Now, see, they don't get, and we don't today many times, what the word of death means. Death means separation. doesn't mean you die forever. You're just separated from your friends. You're alive somewhere else. And notice, the disciples said, Well, now, if he sleepeth, he doeth well. Jesus told them in their own understanding, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, but I'd go wake him. Oh, what a marvelous thing. Now, I'll go and see if I can wake him. I'll go and wake him. Could you imagine the disappointment and that little family? They had been excommunicated from their church of worship, where their fathers had worshipped, because they had accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And here I can hear the mocking scoffs of the unbelievers saying, Where is your uh, evangelist, your healer? Oh, Hmm. Uh, when it comes time to his own buddy, he lets him die. But we're taught that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. God is making everything move just according to his great timepiece as it's ticking around. Then... When the darkest hour that little family had ever seen, excommunicated from their church, degraded in the societies of their church, their friend that they had put so much confidence in had failed them seemingly. And all hopes is gone. Lazarus was dead and buried four days. Corruption sets in in 72 hours, three days. Perhaps his nose had already fallen in on his face. 
That's the first thing that takes place, the nose. It turns and falls in. And the skin worms had set in into his body. And then it's just at that great strategic moment when the darkest hour they had ever seen, then Jesus came by. Oh, that's just like him to do that. He comes in that darkest moment. Jesus came by. But then again, I'll take just a moment longer to say this, that when Jesus comes by, if he's not accepted, then it doesn't do him any good to pass by your way. But when he is so good to come by and show himself, then you should be so thankful that you would receive him. That you would believe him. Now, little Martha has been very much dilatory about spiritual things. Mary was the one who sat and listened at the feet of Jesus. But I think in this passage, Martha showed just exactly what she was made out of. She heard that Jesus come and she started through the streets to meet him. Now, seemingly, she had a right to upbraid him and say, Why didn't you come when we called you? But to Martha, it wasn't a question of whether he come or whether he did not come. The thing was that finally he was there. And it doesn't make any difference tonight how we've had prayer meetings and what we've done and so forth. He's here. That's the main thing. How many failures we have had and so forth. He's here now. He has come. And it is at our darkest of hour and the world's history we now live in. We know that for both politics, for religion, and everything seems to be at a chaos at this time. Then Jesus came. Amen, yes. <laughs> Notice it. Now when she went to meet Jesus, instead of giving him a sharp rebuke, she said, when she saw him, oh, I just love this. She fell down before him and her beautiful face looking up into the face of the master. She recognized him quick as her Lord. You remember last night when I preached on the door in the heart? After the Lord has come in, there's other doors that we must open to him. And he cannot come in until every door is open and then he is your Lord. That's what's the matter here in Newark. That's what's the matter in the United States. That's what's the matter with the church the world over. You would accept him as Savior, but never as Lord. Seldom. Lord is the ownership. Controls. He controls your emotions. He controls your faith. He controls your love. 
He controls your life. Amen. Yes. He's in full control of you. Yes. And you walk in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. The Lordship of Christ has controlled you. When a man smites you on the face, the Lordship controls you. When someone says something evil about you, the Lordship of Christ controls you. When the doctor says, I am sorry, but my medical skill says to me that you must die, there's nothing more can be done. But the Lordship of Christ controls you by His Word. By His stripes we were healed. The Lordship, he opens the door and said, Here I stand at the door. I give you faith over these things. Then you ignore anything else. You say, I would be a Christian, but my neighbors would laugh at me. Then Christ takes Lordship of your emotions. I would testify to my boss, but I am afraid to. Then Christ takes Lordship. And he took Lordship. In the heart of Martha. And when he did, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. Oh, that's bound to stir his emotion. Remember, he had been dead four days. And everything, darkness and all come, all hopes is gone. Maybe that same thing exists for people in here tonight. Maybe your beloved physician, the doctor, has been doctoring you for years, says there's nothing else I can do. You must die. Now, what about the Lordship of Christ? He has come. And he's here to help you. Amen. If thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, a vision by the Father to go raise Lazarus, yet questioned the woman. If thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. Listen at her next quotation. But even now, whatever you ask, God, God will give it to you. Oh, I like that. Whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. Oh, I'd like to preach a while on that. Martha had been reading the Bible. That's where people fail to have faith. They don't read the Bible. Martha had read where that the Shunammite woman, when her baby died, everything was well as long as she could get to the prophet. And she stayed with that prophet till she got her heart's desire. Because the Shunammite woman recognized that God was in that prophet. And the prophet tried to give her a handkerchief to lay on as it was. I think that's where Paul got his idea of laying handkerchiefs on the sick. But he had a staff in his hand. So Gehazi go lay it on the child. 
But the woman's faith wasn't in the stick. It was in the prophet. She said, I'm not leaving you. And then Martha seen the same thing. She said, if God is in his prophet, surely he's in his son. Elijah was God's representative in the day of the Shunammite. Jesus was God's representative in the day of Martha. And his church is his representative in this day. His church, the body of believers, is his representative. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. All the power of the Christian church that lays dormant tonight because of unbelief. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Notice as they went on, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, Lord, what you ask God, God will give it to you. The doctor might have said, this is just a few more days for you. But even now, Lord, Mm -hmm. whatever you ask God, is he alive? Could you speak to him? He ever liveth to make intercession at the right hand of his majesty. He's never asleep. He's not dead, but he has risen again. And he is the same in principle, power, action, moving yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. He ever liveth to make intercession. He is the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. That's right. Amen. Sometimes I think of that story of Jonah. And I compare it with people today who look at their symptoms instead of the Word of God. You know, Jonah was backslidden. That's a big thing for a Baptist to say, but he was backslid, and he was in the belly of the whale down in the bottom of the ocean, and his hands and feet were tied behind him, and laying in the belly of the whale in the bottom of the ocean, he refused to see the symptoms. Every which way he looked, it was the whale's belly, but he would not look at it. He said, I refuse because they are lying vanities. Once more will I look to your holy temple. You can't hide a believer from his prayer. And when Jonah turned over in the belly of the whale and looked towards the temple, the best of his knowledge, where that when Solomon dedicated and prayed and said, If thy people be in trouble and look towards this holy place, then hear from heaven. And God honored Jonah's prayer and kept him alive three days and nights and provided him oxygen. And he was delivered at the place where God wanted him to go. And if God would do that for a man who looked at an earthly temple built by an earthly man, who later backslid and turned to idols. If God would honor that man because he believed in the prayer of Solomon, how much more will he honor your prayer tonight who don't have to look to your symptom or anything around you but look 
at heaven where he sits in the presence of God with his own blood as an intercession for your sins as he intercedes. He was wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your was upon him, and with his stripes you were healed. In the presence of the Father, ever alive to make intercession. Think of it. Then what happened? When this taken place, she said, If thou would have been here, my brother not died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. Listen at him. Watch his emotions. Oh, how he wants to get the hearts tonight like that. Thy brother shall rise again, he said. Listen at this beautiful young Hebrew girl. Yea, Lord, he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now, there never was a man able to say this before or since, or never will be, outside of him. The Bible said there was no beauty we should desire, and probably a little fellow in statues. He pulled his little shoulders up and said, I am the resurrection of life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That was his eternal promise. And he himself said the scriptures cannot be broken. What consolation do we have then tonight? When God said something, where have you buried him? A lady speaking to me some time ago, she said, Reverend Branham, one thing about your preaching, you brag too much on Jesus. I said, A lady, I couldn't brag enough on Jesus. Well, she said, You make him divine when he was just a prophet. Oh, I said, I beg your pardon. He was divine. He was God. God manifested in flesh. If he was just a prophet, we're all lost. He was neither Jew nor Gentile. He was God. His blood came from God's own creative power. And to create the blood cell, Mary was just the incubator. That was all. The woman produces the egg. The man produces the germ of life. He had no man male as sexual, but his heavenly Father created the blood cell, so the blood was God's own blood, not my sexual desire. That's where our blessed hope rests tonight, right there. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Oh! Around my spirit, and he's all my hope and faith. Eddie Pruitt said, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds is sinking sand. What a beautiful thing. (laughs) I am, not I will be, I am now, forevermore, the resurrection. I'm so glad to know him as my Savior. Where have you buried him? This woman said, Mr. Branham, if I'll prove to you by the Bible that he was just a man, will you accept it? I said, if the Bible said so. <laughs> she said, I can prove it. And she used St. John 11th chapter. She said, when Jesus went down to the grave of Lazarus, the Bible said he wept. 
I said, that's right. She said, then that proves that he could weep. He was man. I said, he was man, but he was the God man. <laughs> that's right. I said, when he went to the grave weeping, he was a man. But when he stood and pulled his little shoulders back, said, Lazarus, come forth. Yeah. And a man that had been dead four days stood on his feet and lived again. That was more than a man. Yeah. <laughs> that was God speaking to a man's lips. Yes, it was true. He was a man when he come down from the city and looked on a tree to find something to eat. He was a man. But when he took two fishes and five little barley loaves and fed five thousand, he was more than a man. Right. He was a man when virtue gone from him from healing and so forth through the day. When he was on that little ship that night, ten thousand devils of the sea swore they drowned him. And that little ship tossed about like a bottle stopper out there like death. He was a man when he was asleep. But when he put his foot upon the rail of the boat, looked up and said, Peace, be still, and the waves and the winds obeyed him. He was more than a man when he did that. He was God. He was a man at the cross when he cried for mercy. He was a man when he died, but on Easter morning when this tomb opened and the seals broke and death and hell could not hold him any longer, he come out triumph. He was more than a man. No wonder he thrilled the hearts of believers and poets and so forth. One wrote, living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Yeah. Rising, he justified freely forever. Amen. Someday he's coming, oh, glorious day. Yeah. He's been the theme of the church and of the poets and prophets through the ages. Sometimes in the dark hours, then Jesus comes. It was the darkest hour that the Hebrew children had ever seen. One morning when the king had heated the furnace seven times hotter than it ever was hit. The darkest hour those fellows had ever seen. And then Jesus come riding in on the waves of heaven and cooled the breeze from them. Yeah. <laughs> it was the darkest hour perhaps a woman with the blood issue had ever seen. She'd spent all her living. Maybe the mortgage is gone on the farm and so forth. But another of the physicians could heal her. And it's the darkest hour she ever seen. But then Jesus come along. <laughs> That's right, just in time. The man who had been carried and laid by the pool of Bethesda, by the waters, and he had been sick for 38 years. No one could help him, and he laid on a pallet, helpless. It was probably his darkest hour. Then Jesus came along and helped him. It was old blind Barnabas who sat outside the walls of Jericho and shivered in the winds when the cold November winds was a-blowing. He was blind. He was poor. What would he do? It was his darkest hour. Then Jesus came along. 
That's the way Jesus does. The disciples after the death of the Lord Jesus, and they walked all day with somebody not knowing who he was. That was Theophilus and his friend. They got to Emmaus, and they said, Are you just a stranger? And you don't know that Jesus, who we expect to be the King of Israel, has died and, and he's crucified and, and been buried, and this is the third day? Are you just a stranger around here? Don't you know what's happened? Then when he got them all in one little building, a little restaurant, and the waitress had taken their order and gone away and brought back a loaf of bread, then Jesus did something. Just did it in a way that no one else could do it but like that. He as he revealed himself yes. and Lord. did it just the way that he did before his crucifixion. Yes. Their eyes were open. Their hearts were made light. It was their darkest hour. Then Jesus come along. In this hour that we're living, this great chaos that we're in now, it's the darkest hour that the world has ever seen. Where is the hope? Sputniks in the skies. Atomic bombs, control missiles, war! Any little nation can destroy the world. War! What would, if we had a president like we got now, Dwight Eisenhower, the president of the United States, a wonderful man. That's right. Oh, if we had one in every county, we could not be secured. If we had bomb shellers all under these places and everything, we're still not secured. There's only one safe place that's in Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the bomb shelter. Under his wings we will abide. We will rest safely. Maybe some of you here have met your darkest hour. Maybe today the doctors told you there was no hope, but there is a hope. Jesus has come in this dark hour. He's come to his church. He's revealing himself and doing things just like he'd done on earth when he was here before his crucifixion to fulfill his word. When he was here on earth, he didn't claim to be a healer. He said, it's not me that doeth the work, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. The same Father that was in him is in you. I will give unto them eternal life. And anyone knows that that word eternal comes from the Greek word zoe, and zoe is part of God's own life. It's in you. Everything that has a beginning has an end. Your mortal life had a beginning, it has an end. The earth had a beginning, it has an end. But it's the things that have no beginning, has no end. And there's only one thing that had no beginning or end, and that's God, and you become a son, a daughter of Him, a partaker of His majesty, have eternal life, and can no more perish than God can perish. Oh, there I rest my faith right there. Let the bombs or whatever, if we go to dust, I'll go to heaven. That's all. Sure, there's our hope and saying. What did He do? Did he go around healing the people? Yes. How? As the Father showed him. When Philip found Nathanael and brought him to him, he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile. He said, How did you know me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. 
The unbelieving Pharisee said he's Beelzebub, that's the spirit of fortune telling in him. Jesus said, speak that against me, I'll forgive you. But when the Holy Ghost has come to do the same thing, a word against it will never be forgiven. Then look at the blasphemy in the nations tonight. What do they call it? A polished up soothsayer. Some Beelzebub fortune teller. There's nothing left but divine judgment. If you spurn mercy, there's nothing but judgment left. That is true. Do not be deceived. Watch your day that you're living in. See what Christ has said. He promised these things to his church. Well, the woman at the well, when he looked at her, the father gave him a vision to go up to Jericho from Jericho, and on his road he had to go by Samaria. He sent his disciples away. No one knew what for. A lady come out, or woman, we might say, because in this nation we believe that she is a woman of ill fame. And she was drawing the water, and he said, Bring me a drink, woman. She said, It's not customary for you Samaritans to ask, or you Jews ask Samaritans such. He said, But if you knew who you were talking to, oh, brother, sister, if you only knew who I'm talking about. If you only knew who yes. you were talking to, yes. you'd ask me for a drink, not give you waters that you don't come yes. here to draw. Hallelujah. Why, she said, the well is deep. The conversation went on about worshiping in a mountain. Then Jesus found where her trouble was. And he said, go get your husband and come here. She said, I don't have any husband. Watch. He said, that's right. You don't have any husband because you have five. And the one that you're living with now is not your husband. There was the secret of her heart revealed. Now listen to what the Samaritan woman said. She said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. How much different she was from the scholarly Jew, the Pharisee who should have known better. The Pharisee said, well, he's Beelzebub, he's a fortune teller. Some demon spirit is on him. That's how he, but they couldn't figure out, it always happened just the way he said it. So man, try to figure out anything, you can't do it, you don't know God by mathematics. Neither do you know him by science. You know God by faith, and faith alone do you know him. That's right. By his foreknowledge, he has elected you to eternal life. Yeah. No man can come to me except my Father draws him. That's right. And if you can see it and know that God is with you, how happy you should be, each of you. Now let us notice, as the conversation went on for a few moments, she said, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know, we Samaritans, we know that when the Messiah cometh, it's called Christ. He'll do those things. He'll tell us them kind of things. Now, that's the sign of the Messiah. The Jew recognized it. That's correct. Philip that's right. went and got Nathaniel, and Nathaniel didn't want to believe it at first. He said, now, could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, come and see. That's the best way to be convinced is come see for yourself. That's right. Come and find out. Search it with the Scriptures. Jesus said, Search the Scripture, for there they that testify me. 
search the scripture. And when Nathaniel came and brought him, and he performed the miracle by telling him where he was before he came to the meeting, why well, he recognized, he said, Rabbi, you're the Son of God, the King of Israel. This Samaritan woman said, We know, I know that you're a prophet. You must be a prophet otherwise. But we know that when the Messiah cometh, it's called Christ, he'll tell us these things. Right. But I don't know who you are. Right. Listen at him. I am he that speaks with you. Yeah. And she dropped that old water pot and in the city she went to testify. Yeah. Come see a man who told me the secrets of my heart. Isn't this the very Messiah? And his leaving he said this, The works that I do shall you do also. Greater works than this shall you do. And the word greater anyone knows means more. You couldn't do any greater in quality, just in quantity. Because he was there in one person. God was, rec- was represented in one person. Now he's represented in the universal church everywhere. More than this shall you do, for I go unto my Father. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. The world cosmos there means that it's the world's order. The world will see me no more. Yet you shall see me, for I... A personal pronoun. I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. The last days we're living. The great teachers and things. Someone asked me not long ago, has the teachers been wrong? I said, as an illiterate person, I wouldn't want to say that scholars are wrong. What they taught was well, but they just didn't go far enough. It's yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. Not to create a bunch of fanaticism, but to create a solid gospel that rests right here on God's eternal word. And God is obligated to back up his word. Sorry to keep it this long. Let us bow our heads just a moment. And with your heads bowed, I wonder if there would be a person here tonight that may be facing your darkest hour. And you'd say, Oh Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. I do not wish to die and go into torment. And I know if I die in the state I'm in tonight, torment is my doom. I have no assurance. Before daylight, they may send for the doctor and he walk out of the room and say, it's a heart attack. There's nothing can be done. And you'll be gone. You may go on the street before you leave here. You may go in the building here before the service is closed. And you're going to be remembered in prayer. Would you just raise your hands to Christ and say, Brother Branham, pray for me. God bless you, lady. God bless you and you, just the hands around. That's wonderful. Now, Heavenly Father, to be obedient as a servant of yours, I command these to you. Someone would say, why did you just ask them to raise their hands? Oh, Father, we realize that they defy the laws of gravitation. When according to the laws of gravitation, you were supposed to lay in the grave. But the Word of God said, I'll not leave my Holy One see corruption, and I won't let his soul be hell. And the laws of gravitation was broken, and he was lifted up into glory. Inside of these people, their mortal arms should hang down according to the laws and statistics of science. But there's a spirit in them that realizes that they're wrong. Oh, some twenty or thirty in this building tonight, has raised up their hand to their Creator. 
because inside them is something that says you're wrong, except me. And it defied the laws of gravitation, put their hands towards the Creator. Father, receive them. If from their hearts they meant that they are your children from this hour on, grant, Lord, that they'll be baptized with water and find a good Christian church somewhere and serve you till death shall set them free. And now, Father, I commit them to thee. They are love gifts that you give to the Son, for they're tokens of the grace of Christ. And I pray that you'll be with them. Now, as the sick and the afflicted are here, I pray, God, that you'll help tonight as we pray for them. In this great dark hour, may every eye be anointed with eyesight. May their eyes come open and they realize like those from Emmaus. And as this little group goes from this cold little church tonight, like those who went from the cold tomb over on the road to Emmaus, May they return home like they did, rejoicing, saying, Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us along the road? Now, Lord, the only way that can be done tonight is not for this poor message, I'm sure. But, Lord, if you just manifest yourself and do the things here tonight that you did before your crucifixion, they'll know that the Scriptures are true. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, as your servants, we commit ourselves to thee as a little group of sheep that strayed in this little pen tonight. And now, Lord, manifest your love and presence, for thou hast promised that wherever two or more would gather, I'll be in their midst. Grant it, Father, we ask in Jesus' name, thy beloved Son, Amen. We have very good news, <laughs> and that is that uh, we will be uh, in Newark, New Jersey, USA, tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We have, by God's wonderful grace, secured the community center with uh, a brand new heating plant and 1,200 comfortable seats. Uh, and we will be there. It's just four blocks from here at 652 High Street. And we will be there tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. Uh, and okay, that's all right. <laughs> I noticed when we said we should be in Brooklyn tomorrow afternoon that many of you were not too happy. But now God has opened up the way, and Reverend Branham will be here and minister. We'll have plenty of time. We'll have it warm and nice and comfortable, and it's only four blocks from here. You can announce it, let your friends know. We'll have people here. So those that come here for the meeting, they will be shown over there, and uh, everything will work out just wonderful. Remember that now, that's High Street 652, the community center with 1,200 comfortable seats. I think, by the way, it's a lovely gathering tonight. 
wonderful gathering, and we are just sorry that you may not have been 100% comfortable. I feel fine. I must confess that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I do think that that is a blessing from God. Let us just bow our heads just a moment. Now, the Almighty God who can rule circumstances, that could stop the waves on a mighty sea, it must be that you're intending for another service to be here, for thou hast overruled the enemy, our enemy, and has given us this place. We thank thee for this, and for putting on the hearts of the man, or whoever has done this, we thank thee, Father, for it, and may we worship thee tomorrow afternoon in great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If I could tonight, I would wish that everyone would be sure to understand this. I, I am not a divine healer, and neither do I believe that there is anyone a divine healer. I believe that the divine healer is Almighty God. I believe that the purchase of your healing was did by Jesus Christ when he died at Calvary. He would, uh, the blood from his wounds and from his stripes flowed parallel with each other. He was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes you were healed. So it is a finished work that God has did. I know, lovely friend, that has been much said that should not have been said. That's right. And many things has been claimed which should not have been done. Of course, that's, we just expect that, you see. But there has to be the... If there isn't a bogus dollar, then there isn't a true one. So we have to have it. And we know that lots have been said about just like touching a totem pole or something like that. That isn't that. There's no healing power in any man. The healing power is in your faith. And the Son of God finished work at Calvary. Amen. That's just as plain as I know the gospel. Hallelujah. Now, first it comes, faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. Now, that would settle it if it be you or I, but not the Lord. He's so good till he sends gifts in the church. First, apostle, which means missionary. Missionary and apostle is the same word, one sense. Apostle. Prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. They're all for the perfecting of the church. Is that right? All these things are for that purpose. Now, God has given them. And then in every local group, he's put nine different spiritual gifts to keep that church in order while we're waiting for his coming. Now, tonight, I, my claims are this, that Jesus is not dead. He is alive. <laughs> in Bombay, India, South Africa, where our blessed Lord, I've seen 30,000 raw heathens come to Christ at one time. At, at Durban, South Africa, where I'm to return again right away. It would be, I would no way try to estimate at Bombay, India, when they seen our blessed Lord do the same things that he did when he was here on earth. The Hindus, the Mohammedans, by the thousands accepted Christ as personal Savior when we challenged it to a showdown. And the mayor of Durban, said, or the, the mayor of Bombay, sitting on the, the platform when a total blind man received his sight and running, grabbed him and hugged him like that. 
thousands times thousands that you could see just as far as floodlights let you see, except in the Lord Jesus. You know, friends, Jesus never said, go into all the world and build churches. They're all right. He never said, go build schools. They're all right. But where we fail, he said, preach the gospel. <laughs> the gospel isn't building churches or schools, though they're fine. But the gospel come not in word only, but through power and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit is the gospel. It's a living gospel, not enchanting words, but a living faith in a, the Lord God who is alive forevermore among us. Now, if he is alive, as the Bible says he is, and he made a promise that he was the same yesterday, day, forever, the things that he did, we would do also. Now, to me, that's the truth or it isn't the truth. <laughs> Now, if it is the truth, my life lays with it. If it isn't the truth, then I want nothing to do with it. That's the way we should think about those things. And tonight, solemnly, think that the way we do, we give out prayer cards just a few minutes before the services start. Bring a bunch of prayer cards and mix them all up together and give anybody a prayer card that wants them. From there, we start somewhere along in a hundred or whatever they give out, call a few people to the platform. Until the church gets anointed with the Holy Spirit that makes you know that Christ is present. Then they begin to look. And as they look, they draw from him. Now look. Are you cold, real cold? Could you wait just a minute longer? Let me try. There's no way to explain it. It's inexplainable. You can't explain God. But let's just imagine like this just a moment. Say we're all little boys and girls standing around a great big circus uh, where a circus is, and we haven't got the money to go in. And the Lord just made me a little taller than these men here and made them a little stronger than I. God makes some of us the body of Christ. Some are preachers and pastors and teachers and seers and so forth. That all goes into the church. Well, now, maybe I'm uh, tall enough I can... And look up on with my hands and pull up and look through a knot hole and see something on the inside. And you say, what did you see? I say, a giraffe. What else did you see? I have to raise up again. Now, if the ringmaster wanted me to know what was on the inside, he'd just pick me up and raise me up and say, see what it's all about? Sets me down. Now, when I'm pulling myself up as it was, it makes me weak. But if the ringmaster raises me up I'm in his strength, then it doesn't bother me. Now, I said that so that you could follow it real close. When our Lord was here, now we know that he's here tonight, but the spirit that we have tonight is just a little portion of his spirit. See? Now, in him dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He had the spirit without measure. We have it by measure. Now, say if I took a spoonful of water out of the Atlantic out here, well, you'd never miss it. But the same chemicals that's in that spoonful, the whole Atlantic has the same kind of chemicals. And if the Spirit of God is in his church, it'll do the very same thing that he did. It's got to. Now, when he went on our subject tonight to Lazarus, he never heard him say anything. He was just rejoicing with them because God had performed a miracle. God picked him up and showed him what was going to happen. Sent him over there. He stayed the four days. Come back. Raised Lazarus and done it. Look at him. You say he raised Lazarus? Sure. At the grave? Look at him at the grave. He said, Father, I thank thee if thou hast already heard me. But for these to stand by, I said it. See? Father had already showed him what to do. He said so. Now, notice again. When the woman with the blood issue 
He had no vision of her. And she come by with her own faith and touched him, for she knew he was the Son of God. And she touched him. And he said, Who touched me? Well, they said, Peter rebuked him and said, Lord, why everyone's touching you? He said, But I perceive that virtue has gone from me, strength. I got weak. And he looked around till he found the little woman. He said, Your blood issue is finished now. Your faith done it. Your faith did it. Not my faith. Your faith did it. Thy faith has saved thee. And watch the word saved there just the same as it is if you're saved physically or spiritually. Thy faith has saved thee. Now, tonight, the Lord Jesus comes and he shows visions, as my brethren know, that foretells things. Oh, my there could be an encyclopedia wrote of it, right. of what he, and not one time has it ever failed anywhere. Right. Ask anyone, not okay. one time. His great being come down and permitted his picture to be taken with us here, which is here in Washington, D.C., by the FBI, George J. Lacey, head of fingerprinting documents, Houston, Texas, where it was taken. He's seen in the meetings, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I come from leading the children of Israel in the pillar of fire I, from God. I go back the same way. Met Paul on the road down to Damascus, the pillar of fire. None of them seen it but Paul. But he put his eyes out. See? He was blind for a season. Here he is tonight, just the same Lord Jesus, doing the very same thing. Now, you say, but Brother Branham, if I had an infirmity, if Jesus was here, I'd go touch him. Well, Brother Branham, can I touch you? That wouldn't do a bit of good. Not a bit of good. Touch your husband or your brother or somebody sitting there, do just as well. Touch the seat. As our uh, good friend Brother Roberts used to say, touch your seat or your radio or something. Point of contact. But take Jesus as your point of contact, brother. Bring him to you. You say, but Brother Branham, if he was just here, I'd touch him. The New Testament in the book of Hebrews said that he is now a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You can touch him right where you are. How will I know it? Just like it was then. He's the same yesterday and forever. Look up and touch him. Watch him turn back around and tell you. It's what you had need of. Now, if he doesn't do that, then the word's still right. I'm a false prophet. I'm a false teacher. But I am teaching the word. And the word is right. The word is right. I make all kinds of mistakes, but the word is never wrong. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I just want to pray, and you pray with me for every sick person. I wish I had the power to come make each of you well. I don't have it. Your doctors, they do what they can do. That's very fine. But they can heal. There never was a medicine ever healed. Never an operation. Nothing ever healed but God. Never was a hospital ever healed a patient. Ask any doctor. They can set a bone, take out an obstruction, pull a tooth, but who heals? They set the bone, but who heals? Certainly. Psalms 103.3 said, I'm the Lord who heals all of thy diseases. Medicine will not create cells. If it can create cells, then it can make a man. But God's the only creator. Satan can't create. He just perverts what God has created. One healer, God. Let us talk to him now for you. Most holy Father, 
creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, and giver of every good gift, we humbly bow in your presence and turn our face to the dust from which you have taken us. And someday, if thy beloved Son perish, we shall return to the dust from where we come. But the soul that is within us comes from the great Spirit of God who is eternal. And we thank thee for this glorious hope that we have. We have been promised by his great blessed word. He said when he was here on earth, ask my father anything in my name, I'll do it. Lord God Jehovah, we come in the name of our son Jesus. And we ask thee to confirm thy own word tonight that make it known that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forgive us of our stupid ways, our sins. Take all of our transgressions away, Lord. Hide them under thy blood. We plead for each other. And we know that in this little building tonight, it's not a very good place, we would say, to come, but you come to the humblest home there is. You'd go right into the midst of prisons and into the barnyards or pig pens to save a man. You're so good. We love you so much. Lord, be near us now. Reveal yourself to us. And do those things that you did when you were here on earth. Honor the faith of this people who set through this long, drawn-out message tonight. In this cold room, reward them by healing their bodies, taking away their sickness. You forgave their sins that raised their hands a few moments ago. And now give glory to thyself. For humbly we ask this for the glory of God. And now, Lord, from here out is yours. I've done the best that I know how. Anoint us now, Lord. Anoint them to believe. Anoint me to believe. And speak through us and by us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. How grateful we are for the Spirit of God. How wonderful He works in our midst. And to that we give praise and glory for all of His marvelous works.
grateful and faithful to thee. Grant that this will be a time of rejoicing like never before. Give to the people that which is desired in their hearts. Amen. Now, if I understand the scriptures right, I believe that there is gift that comes into the church that the Holy Spirit speaks and pronounces to his people the things that he wants to do. And therefore, the, the people who spoke were just in order after I got me speaking. And now the message is to the people that he has already did the blessing for you. It's for you to receive it. Now may you do it reverently while we call the prayer line. And let's see, uh, where did it go? Well, L, L's one to a hundred. One to fifty. Let's just start being at the meeting just now. And who has L number one? Prayer card one? L number one? Would you just raise your hand so we see if you got them right? All right. One number one? Would you come right here, lady? Number two? I look at your neighbor's card because it might be that they can't. Number two, would you raise your hand if you can? All right. Number two, lady, would you come here? Number three, would you raise your hand? L number three? The lady back here. Number four. Number four. Would you raise your hand, please? Number four. This lady here. Would you come right here in line? Number five. Would you raise your hand, please, right away? If I could see number five, the gentleman here. Would you come? Number six. Would you? For time. And it's getting late. Now, we want to get away. Now, first thing, I want to say thank you for your loyalty of waiting. God rewarded us now and give us a nice warm place for tomorrow afternoon. God be with you. In the morning, go to your church somewhere, wherever they're having service. Greet your pastors and invite them out for tomorrow afternoon, too. We'd be glad to have them. Now, here's the showdown time. Here's a lady. I suppose we are strangers to each other, or we are strangers. I've never seen the lady in my life, and she's never seen me as I know of, unless it was in a meeting somewhere. Or have you ever seen? Never seen me, no way. This is the first time we've ever, she's ever, we've ever seen each other any time in life, and that is true. Then the lady standing here, they, she's up here for some cause. I do not know. God knows that. She may be sick. I don't know. She looks like a healthy woman. I couldn't say. I don't know. She may be in financial troubles. It may be domestic troubles. I don't know. She's wanting something from God, surely, or she wouldn't be standing here. If she isn't, God knows all about it anyhow. If she might be here as a critic. If she is, watch what happens. See? Now, we, we don't know. She's just a woman. Some of the boys... Billy or Jean or Leo or whoever who give out the prayer cards a while ago, just give her a card and that's, she just she just called up here. That's all we know. Is that right, lady? That's all we know. This here. Now, if I had power to heal the woman if she's sick, I'd do it. But I haven't the power. But if Jesus is standing here wearing this suit of clothes that I have on, neither could he heal her. Did you know that? How many know that? Kind of hard for you to raise your hands when it's the truth. Why? He's already done it. <laughs> he did it when he died at Calvary. How many know that? <laughs> sure. Sure. Then what would he do? He would do something 
to make her know that it was him. He'd say something maybe like this. Child of mine, if she is a Christian, that I don't know. But if she is, he'd say, child of mine, don't you believe that I, I died for this purpose? Yes, Lord, I believe. Well, why would you ask me that? But he might say, well, now, there's something in your life that oughtn't to be. Or there's something that you have done or haven't done or something that way that would cause her to know that Jesus was present. Is that right? If, is that what he done in the days gone by? He told, here, here's to the newcomer. Here's a picture tonight just like it was in the Bible time. Here's the man and a woman. St. John 4. Everything that I try to do, the best of my knowledge, I place it in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, well, it might be God anyhow. But I just like to do just what he says to do. You see, and then I'm, I'm sure. God can do things that's not wrote in the Bible, but I like to stay just with the Bible. Then I, I know it's right. In the old Bible, they had a... How many know how they tested a prophet or a message or a dream? It was said and told before the Urim Thundum. How many of you ever heard that? Let's see your hand. The Urim Thundum was Aaron, the ministers raising their hands, of course. It was Aaron's breastplate. And always God has worked in supernatural. And when the prophet went to speaking, or the dreamer telling his dream, if it was of the Lord, a conglomeration of lights went to work, a supernatural light worked on that Urim Thundum. Then it was God, it was true. But if it didn't work, no matter how well it seemed to be, it wasn't true. God refused it. Now, that Aaronic priesthood ceased. But we have a new priesthood today. That Urim Thundum ceased. But we have a new Urim Thundum, and that's God's Word. What we do or say, if it doesn't flash in the Word, I'd leave it alone. But it must come from the Word. Now, this seemed like... St. John 4, a man and a woman, which here we are, before God, this pulpit, the Bible, that neither have ever seen each other in life. We're totally strangers. Now, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and will do the things that he did, said, I do nothing till the Father shows me first. We all are aware of that, St. John 5, 19. Now, if Jesus will come and just take this body, my voice. Now remember, Jesus is in every way like he was, only a corporal body. Do you understand that? What are He is the vine and we are the branches now. The vine doesn't bear fruit. The branches bears fruit, but the energy has to come from the vine. The vine has to send forth the power to bear the fruit. Now, if he is risen from the dead, which we know he is, and then if God sent me to do this, I'm not a preacher. I, as a preacher, I don't have the education to be a preacher. But if by gift, if he lets me see vision and say to this woman, just like at the woman at the well, and re reveal to me something that's in your heart that you're wanting, would you believe it was him? You know it would have to come from some supernatural resource. How many knows it would be a supernatural resource? Now, if you believe that, then it depends on what you think it is. If you'd say, oh, well, he's a mind reader. Well, that's your reward you'd receive. But, if, but of course, there you'd, I wouldn't say it in that way. You'd, 
it might be terrible, because that would be the same as they did, blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, which is unpardonable. Now, that's what they blasphemed when they called the works that he was doing Beelzebub. How many knows that? And Jesus said it would never be forgiven to call the working of God by the Holy Ghost uh, Beelzebub or some evil spirit. Now, if the Lord Jesus will reveal it, I don't say that he will, but if he will, you'll believe. Will the audience believe? If uh, Does anyone know the woman out there? I suppose you do, yes. Plenty of you. All right. Now, if I said, lady, uh, you're sick and you're going to be well, you'd have a right to doubt that. If, if, unless you just depend on how much you believe my word. But if the Holy Spirit will go back like he did to Philip, or like he did to the woman at the well, and tell her something that she's done, you know whether that's true or not. You'll know that. Then if he knows what has been, he surely will know what will be. You understand? You say, Brother Bram, are you stalling for something? Yes, I am. I'm waiting for the angel of the Lord, the, the anointing. It hasn't struck me yet exactly. That's right. That's the reason I keep talking to her. Our Lord kept talking to the woman. But now, the woman is aware now that there's something taking place. If my audience can still hear my voice, right over the woman is the light. Lady, you're aware that a real sweet, humble feeling has just come over you. If that's right, raise up your hands, sir. Between you and I, I see that line. And the lady is very, very sick and shattered with death. She's suffering with a tremendous nervous condition, a cancer of the nerve. And she has tumor on the brain. That is true. That is true, isn't it, lady? Wave your hand so that people know. Now, I see, I've never seen her. And right now, I don't know what I said to her. Now, you heard a voice. That wasn't me. That was him. That was him. Because I don't know what to say to her. Now that the audience might know. The more you would talk to her, more would be... We just got a few standing here. Let's talk to the woman a little bit. Just to speak to you. Because the more I would say to you, of course, more and, of course, weaker you get. Vision makes weakness. Do you remember the great prophet Daniel saw one vision was trouble at his head for many days? Jesus was touched by a woman's infirmity and said virtue went from him. But why then could, would he let me stand and have even more in one night than we have record of him doing in the Bible? Because he made a promise, more than this shall you do. The same thing, but more of it. See, me a sinner, saved by grace, and him the son of Jehovah, but he made a promise, his words are true. More in this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Yes, lady, I want to, just want to see. Yeah, I see the woman is, if the bodies can still hear my voice, I don't know how loud I'm speaking now, because the lady goes away from me, and she's overshadowed with death. That's true. 
by a hideous black shadow, which is cancer. And also she is concerned about someone else that she's praying for. And that is her husband. That here in this building, I feel his spirit moving. And her husband has tremendous pains in his back. And he's having some kind of a heart condition, a condition around his heart. And I see you both somewhere. You're in some sort of a meeting or doing something. There's a, you're raising your hand. You are in a, a, some kind of a great meeting. Hasn't been too long ago. And you raised your hand to be converted. And that was in a city called Triton, Trenton, Trenton. It is Trenton, New Jersey, and it was Oral Roberts meeting. That's the day of the Lord. Do you believe the Lord Jesus Christ is present? It may be your darkest hour, but Jesus is coming along. Let us pray. Most gracious Lord, I lay my hands upon this woman because thou hast said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Lord, you keep all your promises. And I pray that our sister be made well and the spirit of evil sickness be cast from her and the desires of her heart given unto her. For I humbly ask it in Jesus' name, which cannot fail. Amen. God bless you, my sister. God's peace rests upon you now. Go, don't doubt nothing. You'll be well. <clears throat> How do you do, lady? You're a stranger to me in a way that I don't know yet, but yet you seem familiar. Just a minute. Oh, you have been in the meeting, and you were healed of a bowel condition, and you're here for someone else now, and that is a woman that's been burned with the, and you're a nurse, I see in a hospital nurse, and the woman is burned severely. And you're standing in her behalf. And I hear you call her name Bessie. That is right. Now the God that healed you will heal her too. Father, in the name of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, show mercy to this woman's request. And may it come to pass that the things that she desires shall be given to her. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, God's Son, 
who said, Ask in my name, it shall be given. Amen. The Lord grant your request, my beloved sister. God be with you, sister, and grant to you. You have a prayer card? You don't? You, all right, sir. You give it to someone else. All right. If you'll keep believing, you want God to heal you of that nervous condition you have. That's right. If you'll keep believing, you can have it. You're touching. I'm a stranger to you, lady. And here's the beautiful sitting of the scriptures. Here's a, a woman, a colored woman, me a white man. Then I come from the Anglo-Saxon, she came from Ethiopia. It was the same picture of St. John Paul, a Samaritan and a Jew. And the question was, there was a segregation in those days, like there has been in the South for years. But Jesus let them know that there was no difference in the color of a person's skin. Right. They were all children of God. Just the country we was raised in has nothing to do with our relationship with God. But it's the same picture. Now, lady, we've never met in life before. This is our first time of ever meeting. If that's right, would you just raise your hands with me? No. It's our first time meeting. Now, if our Lord Jesus, when a Jew, he met a Jew and told him where he was under a tree, said he saw him. That was 30 miles around the mountain. Some eyes. But he said, I saw you when you were under the tree. And he recognized that miracle to be only of God. And he said, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. The Samaritan woman, when he told her, a woman of a different race from he was, he told her what her trouble was, she quickly recognized that it was the sign of the Messiah. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, between the races and that he went to deal with, isn't he the same today if he manifested himself in that way to prove he was Messiah to them? Isn't he obligated to us in this day to manifest himself in the same way? If he's the same, he'll manifest himself the same. Does the audience believe that? May he grant it. The lady is not here for herself. She's here for someone else. That's a brother. I see coming up together. And that brother is in a horrible condition right now. He's an alcoholic. He's laying drunk. And he was so drunk... You couldn't sober him up enough to bring him to the meeting. That thus saith the law. 
Do you believe? Let us pray. Oh, Jehovah God, grant the request of this sincere woman who stands here. Let thy spirit come to her and give unto her the assurance in her heart that she has what she asks for. Grant it, Lord. We bless her as laying hands upon her. In the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus, may she go, and what she's asked may she receive through Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't doubt one bit. You shall have what you have. We are strangers to each other. The Lord knows the both of us. But if our blessed Savior will reveal to me what you are here for, will you believe on him and accept him knowing that he will give you what you're asking? Let's say what you want in your heart, you pray and ask God. Now just be in your heart praying to God and he will I'm sure he'll grant it to you. Now, if the lady and the people in the church can still hear my voice, the lady is suffering from a female disorder, a lady's trouble. That is right. This was caused by a birth of a child. The little fella is at home. And he's got something wrong. The baby's got something wrong with it. It's all swelled up. It's got, the jaws are all swelled up. And it's got something in the head, trouble in its head. That is thus says the law. You be the judge. Those words are true. God still lives who made the promise by his Bible. Ask then you shall receive. No great Jehovah who cannot fail. I bless this thy child in Jesus' name, thy son. And may she receive that what she has come for. May she find it even so. For we send her to her home in Jesus Christ's name for to be healed. Amen. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise them up. Be just as reverent. I know it's getting cold. It's cold here. But let's just try to get another or two. How about in the audience? Are you believing? Just believe. Touch his garment. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I believe that the Bible is right. And I believe that you've raised from the dead. You say, Brother Branham, these things ought to be before the whole world. I know it. But they'll not know it until we're gone. They never did know it through the ages. Even the disciples didn't know it. They said, must Elias come first? That he's already come, and you didn't know him. Believe. 
You believe she'd get well if I'd ask the Lord for you? Your friend has got diabetes? You believe it? You got a handkerchief you want me to pray over, haven't you? The woman has one leg amputated. That's right. Thus saith the Lord. Bring me your handkerchief. You brought it for that purpose. Take it from your purse and bring it to me. Have faith. Bring it right here. Just right here. I'm having notes with the same thing we've been right there for you. I knew it, lady, by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You touched something, didn't you, lady? You seen you wasn't going to get into the prayer line. But you were praying. I've seen your prayers. I not mean it's it's something. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm only talking to you. He would talk to me. Now let us pray. Now, Heavenly Father, in the Bible we are taught that they taken from the body of Saint Paul handkerchiefs and aprons because the people seen the Spirit of God working in this man. And they had faith to believe their apostles. And they sent these handkerchiefs to the sick and afflicted. And the Bible says that evil spirits went out of them and diseases were healed. Now we realize that we're not St. Paul, but we know that you're still Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're taught that when the Red Sea had the children of Israel cut off from the Promised Land, that God looked down through the pillar of fire, and the sea got scared and moved back and made a dry path for Israel to cross on towards the Promise. Tonight, Lord, when this handkerchief is placed upon the sick body of this one so desiring to be healed, I pray that... God will look through the blood of his Son, and may the woman pass from sickness into the promise of good health, and be made well, for we send it for this purpose, in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, amen. Now let no one have Now, do you believe with all your heart? Do you believe that the Lord Jesus is here to make well, to heal the sick and the needy? All right. I believe if we would pray right here now to each one so you'd get out of the chill. It's, uh, do you believe that God would heal you? Do you believe he would do it? Are you aware that Jesus has come along? Is that according? How many Bible readers know that God promised that, that Jesus promised that? That's the thing that he did. Now, remember, your brother has nothing to do with it. It's your faith in the resurrection of Jesus. Is this a patient? Is it? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I wasn't the patient. No. But being that you're standing here, we strangers to each other, as far as I know, we are. Now... You're a man, and 
Or a friend by the name of Philip went and found Nathaniel and brought him over where a man met our blessed Lord. Now, you and I being strangers would just be the thing that we don't know each other, but you and I both are meeting Jesus now. And now, if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he could let me know where your trouble is. And if he does, would you be reverent enough to believe that you're in his presence? You know that there's something standing before me, a man would make you feel like you're feeling now. You know that there's something that's on. Why did I call you? I was sick to pray for the sick. The light was already on you. And I know the Holy Spirit wants me to talk to you. That's the reason I did it, for I was fixing to pray for the entire audience. But when I turned and felt the Spirit of God this way, and I looked and the lights all around you, now tears are running down your cheeks because you know you're in His presence. I'd never make you feel that way. I couldn't. I'm a man. I wish the audience could only know what this is, what I speak of. I know you don't have to feel anything, you believe something, but it's because his faith is so anchored, some way he realizes that he's in the presence of something besides a man. What's the expression on their faces as they come forward and just get into the presence of him? Now his presence is there, of course, too, but if our Heavenly Father, this being a man, and us standing together that we have never met before in life, if God will tell the man what he wants, then surely God is interested in his desires. Is that right? Now, will the rest of you believe them with all of one accord? Now, sir, the Lord Jesus granted, I don't, it isn't necessary that I would look at you or anything, but just to talk to you. I don't look at those people in the audience and so forth, but may the Lord grant the request. Now, if you're sick, you know I can't heal you, but it takes the Spirit of God to do that in your faith in Him. Surely with the faith that you have, you would receive it. My brother, you're not here for sickness. You're here with a desire in your heart to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what you're here for. That's right. Also, your wife, she has some spiritual problems. And she has pain. Oh, she's nervous and got pain through her body. That's right. You believe you will receive it? I see you somewhere else. You have been at a meeting of mine before, but you didn't get in. That wasn't in this city either. It was a city where a large lake, and I see Joseph Bose standing there. It was in Chicago. He was in Chicago seeking the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thus saith the Lord. That is true. Let us pray. Blessed Redeemer, 
Thou give the promise which can never fail. Let thy Holy Spirit come just now deeply, richly, and embed the faith of the Lord Jesus in the heart of this man. And may everything that he has desired tonight be manifested to him and given to him. And may he go from this building down the street rejoicing, saying, Did not our hearts burn within us? For Jesus made himself real to us tonight. Grant it, Lord, I bless this my brother in the name of Jesus Christ that he will receive that what he asked for. Amen. The Lord bless you, sir. You shall receive that what you have asked for. God be with you. Do you believe? All right, will you come? Someone thought back there, it was mind reading just a few moments ago, or telepathy rather, to prove it to you. Ladies, don't look at me, but lay your hand on mine. If the Lord God will reveal to me what's your trouble, will you believe me as God's servant? You have heart trouble. That's right. You believe that God will make you well of it? Then go and be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you believe, sir, with all your heart? Amen. You believe that God will heal you? Yes, sir. All right. Then the diabetes would leave you and you can go be made well. Do you believe it? It is not. A lady's trouble and also a nervous heart. That is right. Go and be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is not telepathy. It's the Spirit of the living God in these great days. Do you believe it? Then let us raise our hands to God. And I want you to pray with me this prayer. Oh God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon us and heal us. I now accept Jesus Christ, as my healer, I stay shut in with him. That's your prayer. That's your confession. Just believe that that same great light that you're at the pulpit is circling its way through the building. Oh, how!
I believe it. And I believe all of those that would like to toast off the Christ should come right down here now and stand. You put it in center. Come down here to the altar just now. And if he can save you, come down here and ask a little word of prayer and give thanks for his goodness. Will you do it? You that believe that you're healed, stand up to your feet. Give him glory. Give him glory.